0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Story. I know I've been gone for a while, but count that as like my little midsummer hiatus. For all of you that don't know, I started a new job at Grinnell College, so this was high time for our student staff training and for our student move in. But I promise you, the wait was worth it because I have some kick butt guests coming up in the next couple weeks, and I think you're really going to enjoy them. If you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Basically, this podcast is for me to interview all of the interesting people I've met throughout my life, find out the highs and lows, and what's made them into the person that they are today, but really, it's just me getting to have some conversations with some of my favorite people. If you're returning to my podcast, thank you so much for your continued support. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Today's guest is someone that I have really not seen in about 10 years, but they were one of my best friends in middle school. Someone that really helped me grow throughout a lot of those beginning years. kind of starting that teenage life. Um, But I'm so excited to reconnect with this person tonight. So I have Trevor Cobb. Trevor is a writer, designer, activist, and artist who lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He works for a climate justice organization doing marketing and communications. In his free time, you'll find him riding public transportation to an art fair or local brewery, probably reading a book he's checked out from the public library, and he also loves travel, sustainability, and jellyfish. He cites his most notable achievement as never losing a tube of chapstick. So with that, here is the life story of Trevor Cobb. Tell me your story, your life story. Hey, Trevor, how's it been going?
1: Hello, Tyler, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. It has been way, way too long.
1: I know, 10 years, can you believe it?
0: I know, I, I loved you texted me over the weekend and you're like, yes, can you believe it's almost like to the date when I left for Missouri after our freshman year of high school?
1: Yeah, yeah, I could not believe when I was just preparing to talk to you and catch up, I was like, and came back and it feels like I've lived so many lifetimes since we've really last had a, uh, in-depth conversation. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to, decided to catch up with you.
0: Yeah. I'm so happy you were able to make time and join my podcast and that you've actually listened to some episodes in the past. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, um, I had to
1: make sure I was ready.
0: I actually was talking to someone over the weekend because we saw so many Kia Souls. And I was like, maybe they should make a thing for that because back in middle school, there was always like punch buggy whenever you saw a slug bug. And you were the king of slug bugs.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I think it was just my excuse to, you know, get out a little bit of my pent-up middle school angst, probably.
0: (laughs) Probably. But gosh, like, so sixth grade is when you and I really knew each other. Like, I know we met fifth grade doing band, but I don't think we really Mm -hmm. talked much at all in fifth grade band.
1: Yeah, not that I remember. I think we were both probably pretty shy back then. I was not really uh, in band trying to make new friends from other schools at that point.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really just like Michael and me as the dynamic Mm -hmm. duo. Um, But I remember you and I got put into, and I don't even know if there was a word for it, but basically they had too many students for all the English teachers in sixth grade. So they hired someone to be part time and like cherry-picked a bunch of kids from different classes and threw them into this person's class oh, yes and you and I, I, I were talking that. like in the hallway and stuff because we're like mm-hmm. I know you're in band but I think this is the only other class we have together yeah. um, and it was just weird that we all got taken out of our original class and thrown into this other yeah, one
1: that was so weird that was wow that's pulled that one deep from the archives oh yeah <laughs>
0: But yeah, and then we started eating lunch together, and had like our little middle school group, and that was Mm -hmm. that was our like tribe up until you moved to Missouri. Yeah, um, yeah. After freshman year, definitely remember
1: lunch. Lunch was a good time. You definitely, you and Michael and everybody um, were definitely the people that I felt like safe. I could go eat. I had a place to sit because you know that's always the big. It's hard. Is who I'm going to eat lunch with, and so it was very good to find you and eat lunch with you there.
0: Oh yeah. So let's kind of talk about before you and I even met. So what was kind of family life for like for you growing up?
1: Yeah. So um, I was actually born in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Um, and my parents um, had, while I, my mom was pregnant with me, my parents were missionaries in Taiwan. Um, so they were there for two years and came back to the States uh, just maybe about a month or two before I was born. Um, and so they were living with my mom's parents in St. Louis. And then I arrived, <laughs> came along, made in Taiwan, um, 1996. And then um, we moved just 10 days after um, I was born. We moved to Chicago and lived there um, for the first six or so years of my life. And while we were there, I had two younger brothers and my parents, of course, being missionaries were always very involved in, um, the church and their Christian community. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my dad and, um, was actually a pastor at a Chinese church in Chicago. Um, so some of my earliest memories really are, um, with the, Chinese population, uh, Chinese American population of um, Chicago, because that was really who we spent the most time with, because it was my, my parents' church community. Um, And then when, but I don't remember a ton of Chicago, Mm -hmm. um, but then we moved and really where I say, like I grew up or um, had most of my childhood, or at least the parts I remember was Iowa, um, where Bettendorf, Iowa, you know, where mm-hmm. we met. And um, so I went to Mark Twain Elementary, classic Mark Twain steamers. <laughs> um, and then my dad was a pastor, once again, at a church there in Iowa. And um, we, you know, were very involved in church. That was, I was there almost as much as I was anywhere else besides maybe home and school. Um, and, and yeah, so that was kind of the the really early family yeah. dynamic, I guess, it was a lot of, a lot of church to younger brothers.
0: Was, um, your parents' time in Taiwan, did that kind of help them create the connections for them going to Chicago and working at that other church, or did that just kind of happenstance?
1: Yeah, um, so my dad, the reason we moved to Chicago is because my dad was, um, going to seminary there, which oh, okay. is, like, uh, like grad school, basically, for, um, church things, yeah. um, being a pastor. Um, and so he was, we moved there and I don't know if, um, he are, he had connections through mm-hmm. seminary with the church. I don't, I don't know all of those details. I was very young at the time. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that's kind of why we were in Chicago. And then when my dad was finishing up seminary, um, we, were looking for a place where he could, you know, go be a kind of more full-time lead minister somewhere. But they were, I wasn't, I was just along for the ride at that point.
0: (laughs) And then I know your two little brothers also start with the letter T for their first names. Was that planned or is there a story behind that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my full name actually is Trevor Lee Cobb, Mm -hmm. which makes my initials TLC. (laughs) And my parents, I from what they say didn't do that on purpose and then after they realized, oh, his initials are TLC, well, I guess we can't have just like one kid with these initials because everybody will think we love him the most because tender love and care or whatever. <laughs> um, so they just decided all of us had to be TLC. So yeah, I'm Trevor. And then um, Timothy and Taylor are both of my my younger brothers. So we're the three T's and that makes it very fun for mom or grandma or anyone who knows all three of us to forget who's who for a second, mix up our names.
0: That's cool though. It's been forever since I've seen Timothy and Taylor. I know you were yeah. telling me like they're both out of college now.
1: Yeah, so um Tim is in his um fifth year. He's in a five year master's okay. program, Masters of Education. Um so he is gonna finish up actually this semester and student teach next semester and then he'll be all ready to go teach math at a high school. I give him um, credit. And then Taylor is also studying math and but he does not want to be a teacher. He's going to be a math philosopher is what oh. my family used to say. I don't know what his <laughs> what what direction he's going to now, but some kind of, you know, advanced mathematics uh, research which is far beyond anything. <laughs> I'm going to do, because I was good at math when it was algebra, but once we got to calculus, I uh-huh. out. <laughs> so out. Uh, so yeah, I did not take any math classes in college, and they have majored in it.
0: That's, I give them both credit. That's amazing. I'm very happy yeah. for all their success.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's very fun and exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: So initially, a lot of your friends came out of your time being in the church and going to church group and stuff. How was kind of that? And do you have any, like, really good memories from kind of growing up with those people?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, really, really early on, um, I had um, a couple of really good friends at the Chinese church. But, of course, those were friends I went to preschool with. Sure. Um, And so... um, haven't really kept in touch, um, with many there. And then in Iowa, yeah, we had a lot of really good, um, friends just growing up, um, in the youth group and everything. Um, but I don't know if I have as much of like one specific memory or uh, person or anything like that. Um, just because like being the pastor's kid, we kind of like talked to everyone, whether (laughs) I wanted to or not. And, um, so people were always at my house from church and, um the like adults with no kids so um i definitely just like a lot of impressions of that being the place more than school or anywhere else where um we saw people regularly um we had a couple really good close family friends where like my mom and their mom were best friends and then we had three kids and they had three kids and went on vacations with them um and yeah it was just a very um yeah just like a very uh, community-oriented thing, really, Um, and with both of my parents, my dad being the pastor and my mom being the pastor's wife, I guess, um, being leaders kind of in the church. It was, um, yeah, very, very community-oriented
0: That's cool. That's neat to have that community, though. Um, And then I guess going to the school side, school always seemed to come easy to you, and I always thought that was amazing because depending on the subject, it came easy, but you always seemed to be the school whiz.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I don't, I don't really know. Maybe I don't know what to put it to. Cause I definitely tried hard and cared a lot. Um, but yeah, for the most part with very few exceptions, um, I was good at school and I made that kind of my personality, which I can only imagine how annoying that was looking back. Um, but yeah, I, was, I would have self-identified as a nerdy, definitely in middle school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my main school, like kind of traumatic memory that I have is my typing class, my- um,
0: Oh, in sixth grade? grade,
1: In sixth grade with, I don't even remember the teacher, but I won't call her out. I still have uh, PTSD
0: from that class. That is the only class I was ever called a screw up. Like I had just messed up something so badly.
1: Yeah, I felt like one, um, but went through the fiery pits of hell for that, Uh uh, but came out all the better. And I'm I'm such a good typer now. And (laughs) I learned so much and I use it every day, probably more than I use algebra one or whatever I took (laughs) in sixth grade pre-algebra but yeah, it was, I just remember like crying at home Uh because like I was going to get a B and I had never gotten a B and it was so scary. And my mom was like, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. But Mm -hmm. I of course worried about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you and I share a similar, at least when I was younger, I shared this of the fear of failure and it wasn't just like failing a test. It was like Oh my gosh, if this goes bad, I'm failing my parents, I'm failing the teacher, like, what are people going to think of me in that mindset of like, Uh, I'm the only one going through this, when quite honestly, everyone in the class is going through that, just no one's brave enough to say it.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think at the time, sixth grade, me would have been able to articulate like, yes, I'm scared of failing. But looking back now, I think that's been definitely a driving force um, in a lot of my growing up experience was, um, yeah, worried about failing my parents or like having a certain expectation to live up to. Um, Some of that, I mean, could go back to like my dad being a pastor Mm -hmm. and us being, you know, this like example that, you know, we have to set for the rest of the church or whatever. Mm. Um, but then also being the oldest son, I had to, you know, set a good example for my brothers. And uh, yeah, just was very, uh, had to impress any authority, whether that was my parents or teachers or anyone older than mm-hmm. me.
0: <laughs> no, I get, I get that a lot. Like, I would not go back. Like I have a lot of happy memories, uh, but I don't think you could pay me out of money to go back to grade school. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Even if I knew everything I knew now, Uh I would never go back. Because if I knew everything I knew now and went back, I would be like, wow, this sucks.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oy vey. Um, But books were a big part of your life, and you actually got me into being quite the reader that I am today.
1: Oh, really? I don't know if I realized that you weren't as much of a reader before our friendship. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was definitely a huge reader, um, really all growing up, but definitely... In middle school, I think probably like many middle schoolers, books were somewhat of an escape for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, whereas now my tastes are a little bit different, and I like to read more, you know, realistic kinds of things. Sure, or, um, things maybe with characters that I relate to. In uh, middle school, I was always here for the science fiction or the fantasy or anything that was as far away from my experience as possible. I wanted the characters to be nothing like me. I wanted them to be braver, stronger, smarter better in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I love the Hunger Games. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, gosh, the Hunger Games. Like yeah. when I think of like middle school going into high school, it's Hunger Games because Mockingjay mm-hmm. came out, I think our first day of high school.
1: Yeah, it was pretty close. It came out August 24th. I remember I have that date seared into my memory. I don't even know what year, (laughs) but I know I was counting down to August 24th.
0: That had to be like Um, 2010 or 2011.
1: Yeah, yeah, 2010 or 11, I think. Um, Yeah, I don't remember if it was eighth grade or freshman year of high school, but I was obsessed. I was into it. That was what I made my whole personality. I had dreams all the time. Like There was probably a two or three year span of my life where I only had dreams about the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. I was in the Hunger Games. I was with Hunger Games characters. My friends were in the Hunger Games with me, hanging out. I was in the Hunger Games with Justin Bieber. (laughs) I was, you know, doing it all.
0: I remember you telling me dreams and stuff. It's like, you were in it and you died and this person we know killed (laughs) you. And I'm like, all right, man, that's cool.
1: It was, yeah, it was, you know.
0: And then we even did a fan fiction of Hunger Games. And you did it like over (laughs) Facebook where like, We would vote in different
1: things. It was, I don't know how you figured it out. Yep. Um, We all wrote our own little stories. Yeah. And it's funny, like looking back, like a lot of the people in those little Facebook Hunger Games groups went on to like major in writing or English. Oh, yeah. All this kind of stuff. So I'm like, wow, we really... Started something, little seeds of mm-hmm. creativity and passion for writing and stuff, all started on these little private Hunger Games Facebook groups.
0: I'm still <laughs> waiting to see who writes the next great American novel out of the group.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Might not be me, but yeah,
0: maybe. I might write a TV show
1: or something, but not a novel. Yeah.
0: Exactly. We had so much time from the pandemic, but I feel like it. We also didn't. Like everyone yeah. was so worried about how much time we lost being able to see people and like do our normal that like, they didn't appreciate the time of like, what am I going to try to like do something new or like write a story? Like I'm so happy I started this podcast. Cause yeah I feel like yeah. if I hadn't, I would have just felt like I wasted a lot of the time before starting this new job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This, that yeah. Podcast was a great uh, productive use of time. I spent it um, probably a little less productive doing a lot of job searching and mm-hmm. just wallowing in my own, need to get out of my apartment with nowhere to go
0: binge watching tv became quite a thing Mm -hmm. i didn't realize how much i had missed like especially during grad school but even in undergrad
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i caught up on tv shows rewatched tv shows that i hadn't seen in a while yeah
0: doing Mm -hmm. it all um and something else i guess going back to books battle of the books in the middle school was always a time and a half
1: yeah yeah um I, I loved any way w- reading could be a competition mm-hmm. because it was the only time I could compete and win um, <laughs> because I was really good at reading. So mm-hmm. whether that was, you know, summer reading at the library or, you know, elementary school did this little I did a rod thing. Okay. The, I did a read. Because like the and then it was like a map of Alaska where the like Alaskan Iditarod <laughs> dogs were running, only it was like all of our names based off of like one page per mile. Oh wow. It was I was really into it. Um, but really weird to describe that we had like a whole I did a rod thing at the library. Yeah random. But
0: especially but Iowa then, yeah. to Alaska, very different climate, very different states. I know.
1: In my I maybe the school librarian was just like really into sled dog racing (laughs) who knows who knows the questions that I will never be able to ask oh yeah um but yeah then battle of the books was definitely where it kind of all came to uh came to a head um where you know you created teams of three or four and uh you had the whole list of like 32 or 36 books to read and you split up the list so mm-hmm. I would read some and you would read some and other people would read some and then we'd compete and answer the trivia questions about our list of books and I loved it mm-hmm. and um just was very good at it won both years against really all odds we tried to create a super team my eighth grade year I remember
0: yeah I remember I you had th- quite a lineup eighth grade yeah,
1: yeah um but yeah it was it was a good time it definitely like I think those were like the first two like trophies that I had on like my little dresser or whatever yep. in, in my bedroom um, growing up. But yeah, I was very proud of those moments.
0: Mm-hmm. I think my team got eighth place. I didn't necessarily want to do it. Like I was reading some of the books and then mm-hmm. somebody in our friend group was like, hey, I want to be a part of a team. I want you to be in it. So I'm like, all right, cool. I guess I can. And like we got eighth yeah. place, but we still got a trophy. And I remember just being like, okay, I mean, I'll take the trophy, but like we got eighth yeah. place.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm celebrating eighth place at my school's reading competition, yeah. but thank you. <laughs> but I'm like,
0: I'll yeah. take any reason to have a trophy. Why not?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What are some other memories you remember from middle school? Because, like, that was really the bulk of the time you and I hung out. I was trying mm-hmm. to think of some earlier today.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about lunch. That was a big one. I remember oh, yeah. this table we sat at kind of right out of the area you walked out after getting your food. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, I mean, besides that, a middle school and freshman year really kind of blend together um, for me.
0: Do you remember this?
1: Oh yes, put a cork in it. Yeah,
0: if anyone got into a fight, my grandpa was always like, "Yeah, fights are necessary at the lunch table." So here's a cork. Put a cork in it.
1: Yeah, that was that was good, um, but. But yeah, I mean, middle school, like I was saying, middle school and freshman year kind of blend together for me because, like, I moved after freshman year, and so I really just like pair that with the people I was friends with in middle school. Sure, yeah, same people. Um, And then sophomore through senior year felt like high school, even though I was technically in high school freshman year as well. Um, But so I, you know, remember marching band Mm and the Avatar show. um, You
0: missed out on some better shows.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um but but yeah, it was it was a good time overall.
0: It was a fun time. You and I had a lot of just very interesting adventures and I taught you a lot yeah. about comic books and I think Pokemon mm-hmm. at the time and Disney Channel. And I'm sure you were probably as interested as anybody else yeah. probably would have been on those subjects.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I loved going over to your house. Like you were really maybe one of my only friends definitely my only friend from school where I actually had like a sleepover. Oh, really? um, Yeah. I didn't, um, I just didn't do that at all. Yeah. Definitely not after I moved. And yeah, I loved going over to your house. We had good times writing stories. Oh,
0: yep. Yep. You
1: know, doing, doing everything.
0: Oh, I had a thought and I think just went right out the window. But oh, your mom taking us to the book fair over at Mark Twain, it would always Mm -hmm. be like, somehow I'd be getting a ride from you that day and we'd always go over and it was fun. Your mom would let me buy a book with all of y'all and it was just a good time.
1: Yeah, and your my dad picked us up for school every day freshman year, and your mom took us home.
0: That's right. That was that? a lot of fun. Yeah, You're... we were
1: carpool buddies for a while there. Yeah, your dad your always had to, some like, amazing go to the music. Early, but then she was done in the afternoon. Yep. Um, so she picked us up when my parents were more busy or whatever. So those yeah. were good times.
0: Your dad played some amazing music in the car. I think I still listen oh, to some of the songs.
1: Good. Good. Well, I will tell him that you said that, that that was your lasting impression of him. You would be so proud to know.
0: Like, I think, isn't there a band called Skillet?
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) I have
0: some of the songs and I definitely know. I heard them the first time writing with your dad.
1: Yeah, that does not surprise me. That's funny. (laughs) Um,
0: So let's kind of talk about now your transition from Iowa to Missouri. So like, again, that was freshman year of high school going into sophomore year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so my family, I, I think it was like maybe February or March of freshman year, towards the end or the, you know, middle of um, the second semester, where my dad was going to move on from the church he was being a pastor at, and we were looking to move. Um, mm-hmm. And they told, I remember it was a Friday afternoon. And they sat me and both of my brothers down after we got back from school. And they were like, so we have some big news to share with you boys. Um, You were going to move basically is what Mm -hmm. they said. I don't remember the word for word thing. Um, And we were all very sad about it because, you know, we all had great friends Mm -hmm. and we're going to, you know, miss all of our friends a lot. Um, And especially, I mean, really any age as a kid is a hard age to move out, but especially, um, I just, you know, had my freshman year of high school, I was starting this big new thing, finally making some friends and Mm -hmm. feeling like I had a good connection and group of people more than just like a couple of friends here or there. And I was going to have to say bye to everyone. And so that was really hard. Um, but, uh, ended up being, One of the things definitely in my childhood that shaped me the most and really prepared me for, um, you know, future changes that Mm -hmm. I was going to experience in my life and um, that kind of thing, because definitely in Iowa, I was very shy, not willing to put myself out there at all. just wanted people to come to me to talk to me because mm-hmm. I was too scared to go make a friend. Um, that surprises and, me
0: so much because you always seemed like the life of the party whenever we did something.
1: Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Um, I, I I think um, I got a lot more self-assurance um, when I was around people I knew, sure. of course. Um, but, but yeah, being the new kid, you have to, Talk like go talk to someone mm-hmm. first, or you're gonna sit alone at the lunch table. And I did that. <laughs> um, and so yeah, um, I moved to Springfield, Missouri, um, and went to Kickapoo High School there um, for my sophomore through senior year of uh, high school. And um, definitely was hard at first. I was in band, um, and uh, band camp was an all day extravaganza um <laughs> at kickapoo they took band very seriously there and were very competitive with them with the marching band and my birthday was the second day of band camp and i remember eating lunch alone because like Aww. everyone had their friends with upperclassmen that would drive them to the wendy's mm-hmm. or the wherever down the street and then there were like me and the packed lunch gang just spread out across <laughs> the like cafeteria and the student center, wherever in the school, just like Mm chilling and like in our own little corners all by ourselves, (laughs) like me and the other freshmen that didn't know anybody. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I remember like texting, I don't know if it was you or some people from Iowa, like, Oh my gosh, my life is so hard. I I do think I remember getting some texts on my birthday. Um, but it got a lot better. I met some really good people. Um, at school, uh, one of them, my friend Shay, I um, met her really the second semester of my sophomore year in an English class, and mm-hmm. we ate lunch together every day after that for the rest of high school. So, lunch continued to be a place where I would, um, you know, have my closest friends around me at yeah. school. Um, but then, really, what helped me make the most friends and the friends that I spent the most time with outside of school was uh, when my family went to church again okay. um, because it, uh, that was, um, you know, continued to be a very important uh, part of my, my growing up life um, and just was very involved in the church youth group and playing piano there and going on, you know, summer um, conferences and week-long mm-hmm. excursions with with all the friends there. So, yeah, that's that's who I spent the most time with.
0: And I came and um, visited, visited you one summer for like a week it might have been the summer right before you even started sophomore year
1: yeah yeah I think I know um you and Maggie both visited me at different times um and yeah Maggie I I kept really really Mm -hmm. in touch with I mean still today um but it also I mean I kept in touch with a few people throughout high school, but you know, you're all doing your high school thing and yeah. I'm eight hours away, not seeing anybody. Um, and so moving also taught me, um, when it's okay to say goodbye and it's not yeah. like anything bad ever happened, you know, but, um, it can just be, we're, our paths of life crossed and now they're going their separate ways and that can be, Beautiful and and lovely. um,
0: People come into your life for a reason, for good and for bad, and it's okay. I mean, you and I used to Skype. I don't know how many people Skype Mm -hmm. anymore, but like every month or so, and I do remember like senior year, it started to go less and less, and then I've always appreciated, though, I don't think you and I have missed a single one of our birthdays, though, where we at least text, (laughs) and I think we spend like that day and the following day catching each other up on life. And it's like, well, yeah. I'll talk to you at your next, at the next birthday. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's fun scrolling through the text chain like, oh, Tyler's birthday again. Yeah, ready. <laughs> Send him the, the annual text. How's uh-huh.
0: it <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I remember definitely Silver Dollar City was a lot of fun. And you were staying with your grandparents at the time. And so it was cool like get to meet some more of your yeah. family too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And actually when my family moved, um, so we initially moved in my – dad was still um, doing some job hunting or maybe he had a job, but he was looking for a different one. I don't remember everything. Um, But we have initially moved in with my grandparents and stayed in some of their extra bedrooms. So I got to share a bedroom with my brother for the first time as a sophomore in high school for the first time since we were very little. Um, And then as we were thinking about, um, you know the whole moving experience and um we'd already gone through a lot of change and my young middle brother tim was like oh i don't want to move because then i'll have to get a different bus stop and i have so many good friends on oh. the bus and so we ended up adding on to my grandparents house and my family still lives with my grandparents oh wow um so um yeah we uh, that has been another really kind of uh fun and different part of our move in these last um 10 years of my life because for so long we only ever saw you know extended family and grandparents um cousins all that kind of stuff just on holidays or Mm -hmm. on vacations um and now they're just across the house so when i'm home they're always there and it helped um a little bit with both of my parents working out of the house for the first time um that my grandparents could help pick us up from school and um do some of those kinds of parental things that um my parents uh didn't always have the time for um but yeah it was it was a really fun fun change and i think beneficial definitely for for all of us at least me and my brothers and my grandparents for sure loved yeah. having grandkids that they could see just across the hall
0: That's cool yeah i didn't know that you all still stayed with them i just knew you initially had yeah. But yeah, that's, that's fun to like always have your grandparents there. And I at least know if I had lived with my grandparents, with my parents, I would have been spoiled rotten every day. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah. I can't imagine yeah. how that would have been for you and your brothers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely, it was a really good change, um, for all of us. And I think, um, we just, you know, melded right in and said so every time, cause we always would have dinner together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every night we have dinner with all seven of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our, Our family grew by two.
0: And then your first job was at an ice cream shop that a member of your family owned.
1: Yeah, yeah. So my aunt and uncle lived in a suburb of Springfield, really, uh, or a town just 20 minutes away, um, and opened up a frozen yogurt ice cream shop. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, we had a good good little time. I worked there mostly summers because I was just really busy during school with band um, you know after school activities those kinds of things oh yeah and it was far away um so yeah i worked there every summer and it was good i still know how to make like a perfect ice cream cone from any of those you know like soft serve machines like at a buffet or a cafeteria so what a skill so yeah flex my ice cream making abilities so when we like go to golden corral or something uh-huh. my whole extended family is like here can you make us all ice cream cones <laughs> or whatever
0: and it was it was called like zots wasn't it yep
1: yeah, 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 it was a mix of
0: um, their last names. Oh, cool! Yeah, that would that must have been a fun place yet to work though. Mm-hmm. Um, so then as we're kind of transitioning through high school, I know college was where a bulk of like your transition and who you were and this like life in general for everybody. College is a huge time, and yeah. so I know you really loved your college experience and even the college you chose.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, so I went to Drury University, which is in Springfield, um, where my family lived, but my family lives in, like, the far, far, far southwest corner of Springfield, Mm -hmm. and Drury is pretty far north in Springfield and more centrally located, Um, so it was probably... 30 minute drive with traffic, um, definitely more than 20, um, typically to where my family lived. So it was an in town college experience, but I was on the North side of Springfield, which I hadn't ever really been to when I was in high school. Um, so it felt like a, a different town. Um, but it was also like, Oh, I could just drive, you know, 10 minutes South and, be at the same mall that i went to in high school or Mm -hmm. um, it made grocery shopping with my family very easy they would buy me groceries sometimes when i was in college so that was (laughs) my parents would bring stuff too and they'd visit financial relief for the college budget um (laughs) but but yeah, so I went to Drury, um, and when I got there, I studied um, writing and Spanish and then added on a graphic design major okay. uh, as well my freshman year, so triple major, um, but sounds more impressive than it actually was because I did like a quarter of my Spanish degree one summer when I was abroad. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, really, really good, and I mean, I picked, picked my major because I wanted to take classes that were fun. Yeah. More enjoyable to me. I was like not going in with the mindset of I want to make a lot of money. I was not going in with the mindset of I know what I want to do <laughs> after college. It was just a, this is what is interesting and fun to me. And we will figure it out as we go along. You might so, be
0: surprised how many college students do not think that way. Like a lot of them are I am here for the money or yeah. they change like a dozen times, which whatever you do works for you. Mm-hmm. But just having worked at colleges now for almost six years, it's oh, like. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the gambit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to do it to have fun and not be miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what I did. Um, but, but then really college beyond just the, you know, structured educational experience in the classroom and at internships and work and that kind of thing. College was also really where for the first time in my life, I, um, really got to know people on a very deep and personal level Mm -hmm. who maybe looked different me from me or came from a a different background than me. Um, but more than anything, people who believed differently from me, um, because like I had said before, so many of my friends growing up and like my closest friends and the friends that I was, you know, the most open with, um, Mm -hmm. were all from church. Mm -hmm. And so I was having conversations all of a sudden with people who, maybe he had never gone to church Mm -hmm. and didn't like it or whatever. And so that, and I was like, oh, this person has never gone to church, but I really like them and I think they're really nice. And it like hit me in the face of like, oh, people are different (laughs) basically. (laughs) Um, And so freshman year that um, was definitely like something that I was, continuing to learn and unlearn really um just a lot about my own biases as um a white man mm-hmm. and as someone um who was very much raised in the church and like so raised in the church my, my dad was a pastor and that kind of thing. Um so so yeah
0: nice. What were some um some really fun memories you remember from college or like people you got to know jobs you had like what were some of those things that like you know really shaped you
1: yeah yeah um so i my first freshman year first semester um we had these little you remember living learning communities i think oh they, yeah they yep i yeah, run some of those like they were all the kids in the same hall and um we all had like our core intro to college class together basically um my hall was a little bit more of an amalgamation of different people than some of the others because it was the honors hall whatever Mm. that um and so it was for kids who maybe wanted to be in the honors program but also just like the other kids i guess some of that too um so that really helped me actually because i got to know a lot of different people um maybe from outside my major um but they were also a lot of them you know were like me coming from a very school focused Mm -hmm. um personality or background because we were in the honors hall so we were smart I guess (laughs) I don't know what that means um but but yeah so I mean all of my freshman year memories focused around um these friends that mm-hmm. I made in the honors hall with a couple, uh, extra people thrown in the mix, but freshman year, um, I guess outside. So the, the hall at Drury, the dorm that, um, all of the living learning communities are in were Sunderland hall and the people from the other dorms that were not in living learning communities, um, or LLCs would call them, um, LLCs, but it stood for living learning cults because you basically became friends with just these people and you like, walked as a pack to the commons and then you walked as a pack back yep. and we hung out and um most of us weren't involved in like Greek life or anything like that. So we had each other. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah there was a pretty good group of probably eight to ten or so of us. Um and a lot of them I'm still are some of my closest friends today. Um and really one of my main friends um, who was my roommate, sweetmate, mate, um, right next door. We shared a bathroom. Um, his name was Jacob, and we just didn't know each other before going in. Um, and we uh, had a lot of very similar interests and things in common. Uh, we both played piano, and um, both of us were from more church backgrounds, um, conservative uh, Christian backgrounds um but throughout our freshman year um also discovered that uh, we were both kind of on a similar journey journey Mm -hmm. as um far as coming to terms with our own um sexuality and identity um as a queer person and a gay man um and that was one of the most uh, i mean if not the most um kind of critical life-changing moment for me um And relationship for me um, because um, he was the first person that I ever told, and I was the first person that he ever told. And we um, really kind of from then on have been um, each other's best friend, and we understand each other and Mm have known each other longer and more intimately and more deeply than um, most other people uh, that I know today. Um, and so freshman year, second semester, um, after we came back from winter break, we, um, dated secretly, uh, (laughs) unbeknownst to the rest of our friends, um, and slowly told a couple of them and most of them pretty much figured it out because if, suddenly you come back from winter break and two of your friends are acting a little bit differently towards one another, you can kind of tell. Um, and I think we thought we were keeping it a bigger secret than it was, mm-hmm. but it was not a secret. <laughs> um, and and yeah, and so then um, we ended up breaking up at the end of our freshman year, beginning of the summer after freshman year. Um, but it was, I mean, it was mutual and it was more because we wanted to understand ourselves and our identity um outside of the other person because up until that point like I was a closeted little straight kid Mm -hmm. and then met him immediately started dating him and then um same goes for him and then we didn't know what it was like to be gay and not dating the other person yeah. so we decided um, yeah to like be single or take a break or break up or whatever you want to call it so I guess technically we're exes but we've been friends ever since still and we were still roommates for our sophomore year of college um, with two other of our friends and have really remained close I mean since since the whole time and he actually um, moved up to the Twin Cities uh, oh, with cool. me as well um, so he lives in St. Paul and I live in Minneapolis so we're <laughs> two sides of the same coin in that way I guess um, and, and yeah, so that was really the, the big life changer, uh, <laughs> that was thrown at me freshman year.
0: Well, what a great friend and resource to be able to have like someone who's going through the same thing, someone you can be very close with. And even though you didn't date for long, like you still have each other in your life. And like you yeah. said, like, this is your, your closest confidant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, now it's been like, I guess six years. Yeah. Six years since we dated, uh, over a little over. Um, but I still like tell people and they'll be like, what you and Jacob dated? Because now like people just notice is Trevor and Jacob, the two best friends. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's fun to be like, yeah, I think actually everyone should date their best friend because <laughs> you get to know each other so differently yeah. than you do even just as like a normal friendship kind of relationship. Um, so the fact that we have that kind of extra layer of, um, what it's like to be romantically involved with our best friend, even though at this point that's so distant, I can't even imagine what it would be like to date him now. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but yeah, it's still, I think I highly would recommend date your friends and then break up and stay friends (laughs) because you'll be really good friends after. Hmm.
0: That's funny. There was a song on the radio the other day that came up and I think it was like called my ex best friend or something. And, I don't know. There's a lot of innuendos that were very similar to that. Yeah. So interesting. But that, yeah. that's cool. I've never, I, hmm, that's very, I've never heard anyone talk about that, but you raise a lot of good points, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause I, yeah. I, it's one of the hills I'll die on, mm-hmm. honestly, is that. That'll
0: you know, be the next college study. It, It'll be like, yeah. Oh, I, I'm doing this college study about dating your best friend for a month. Are you closer yeah. or are you not?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean like, to date someone you have to be very intimate and close with them emotionally not like not to mention physically obviously and so then when you break up you like lose that whole like huge aspect of mm-hmm. your life and this person you probably spent the most time with more than anyone else and so it only makes sense that if you can get along like that keep dating them and obviously if it's like an unhealthy relationship or um toxic in some way then I would not encourage you to stay friends with your ex. But if you can, it is very good. I (laughs) recommend.
0: So I know that you've always really enjoyed traveling, and I know you got to do a lot more of that in college. Do you want to talk about some of the different travel locations you got to go to?
1: Yeah. Um, So, I mean, kind of firstly, I um, kind of mentioned earlier that I studied abroad for my Spanish major. Um so one summer, the summer after my sophomore year, um I spent just about a month in Ecuador mm-hmm. in South America. Um and that was my I I traveled before and been even been international a little bit before, been lucky enough and privileged enough really um to do that. Um but that was my first experience where I felt like I was traveling more than I was vacationing, which I think there is a little bit of a distinction there and vacationing I mean you're more going you're sightseeing you're relaxing and that kind of thing and I think with travel um at least I associate it more with like um cultural experiences Mm -hmm. um and in Ecuador I was definitely full plugged in on the the cultural experiences I mean I stayed with um we all stayed in our group with different like houses and families there Um, and we didn't know when we landed like how it was gonna go down and stuff and my professor was like yeah so I think they'll probably like take us all out to dinner and then we'll meet and then you'll go and um, see your host family after that like you'll meet your host family at a group dinner sure And so we were all like okay great we got off the plane in Cuenca which is a smaller town um, and they had signs with our names on them. Aww. Our host families did. And I walked up to mine. It said Trebor, which is with a B instead of a B. Um, so like T-R-E-B-O-R. Um, hmm. Because in Spanish, like the B and the B make very similar sounds. Um, and so my sign said Trebor. Um, and so some of my friends that I went on study abroad with um, still call me Trebor. <laughs> but yeah so we like walked up to our families and then they immediately just launched into like oh hi all in spanish of course oh hi i'm this blah blah blah. i'm this here Mm -hmm. let's go and then we just got in our host family's car and had to make small talk with them all by ourselves in spanish (laughs) on the way to our our home that we were staying in which was head over like i'm just all in on this speaking spanish thing Mm-hmm. um and that was really where i learned and felt the most confident in my spanish speaking skills sure than i probably ever have just because you're you know doing it all day
0: yeah you're day immersed in the culture and the month. people yeah
1: um so that was was a really good a good experience for me um and then the next summer uh, i had saved up um, one of my friends that i met in my little hall freshman year her name's <laughs> Bree, um, she is still one of my closest friends, favorite people, just a superstar truly of a human being. Um, we decided we wanted to go to Europe okay summer after our junior year. This was freshman year, and we were gonna save money and we were just gonna take off and figure it out and go from there. So our junior year, she actually studied abroad for the entire year in Italy in Florence. Um, and then I met her in London and we spent 10 weeks in Europe and 10 different countries, all kinds of different languages. So many little cities, big cities. Um, and we split off during a part of it and I traveled alone in Spain. So I got to once again, use my Spanish speaking skills or try, um, and That was really where, when I think back to, again, some of these experiences that have shaped me the Mm -hmm. most, as cliche as it is, um, that is definitely a lot of um, some of my favorite memories and um, most surreal memories, really, that I have traveling with Brie. And I think that really kind of kick-started um, my love of travel and my love of public transportation, uh, because of course it's so much better there than it is here because we invested in interstates instead for some Uh reason. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, just so many highlights, um, from that trip. Um, just getting for thinking, we forgot the keys to our Airbnb in a club. So we stayed until, 8 a.m. when it closed to look for them. So we stayed out all night and then couldn't find it, couldn't find the keys. And so we walked the three miles through Berlin home to uh, see if we could get into the Airbnb. And then of course we just left them in the room.
0: Oh gosh. Uh,
1: And my friend fell into the canal in Venice and I pulled her out and we had to get her a new phone in Italy. (laughs) Um, That water can't be that clean. Oh no. No, it is not. And it's salty, and it will ruin any electronic that...
0: I believe it.
1: (laughs) Um, So, and yeah, just all kinds of um, just really lovely, wonderful memories. Meeting people there. We were on a budget, of course. Yeah. So we were... Doing some couch surfing and Airbnbs and um, met a lot of locals that way um, and they took us around to their favorite spots and um, so yeah it was just it was a really really good trip and I think um, very feel so lucky to have been able to um, have the privilege and the money and the means to um, be able to do that for for myself really and for for our friendship.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an amazing trip to get to go on. And like to all of those different yeah. spots, I mean, falling into the canal in Venice, losing your bed and breakfast uh, key. I mean, those are things probably in the moment you weren't super thrilled about, but now it's stuff you can laugh yeah. about a couple of yeah. years later.
1: Yeah, definitely all the best memories um, are the ones where in the moment we were like, what's gonna happen Uh and then it of course always works out as it does maybe hopefully cross your fingers (laughs) and um and yeah here we are so yeah definitely definitely some good times so you
0: mentioned your love of uh public transportation started there and i guess this can be a transition Mm -hmm. to your move to minneapolis how do you feel public transportation is now that COVID is hit? do you feel they're doing a good job about keeping everything clean do you still use public transportation
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, I moved to Minneapolis. Um, I was looking at a couple different cities around the country after college. I knew I didn't want to stay in Springfield. Um, but I wasn't, didn't really care beyond that where I ended up, mm-hmm. I knew I liked the cold. Um, so plus one for Minneapolis there. <laughs> um, but then I really wanted to live in a city where I could live without a car. Okay. Um, that was my main thing because I wanted to be able to ride the bus to work or ride the train to work or whatever. Um, and yeah, um, I wanted to do that partly because I just love public transit and I love riding it and it makes me feel like I'm in a big city, even if it's Minneapolis, um, uh, which is a big city in its own right, don't get me wrong. Um and but then also for um climate, climate change reasons. Sure. Um and so I like I said earlier, my friend Jacob moved up here. Um and I this was my one of my top two cities that I was looking at and so that kind of when what was the other was one gonna, um, Washington DC actually Oh good city kind of um, area as well um, but that would have been probably way too hot for me yeah so, <laughs> uh, I'm glad I ended up in Minneapolis um, but yeah so I was looking for jobs here I wanted to... Um, uh, work at a nonprofit or political something just i wanted to do something where i was going to give back a little bit mm-hmm. um so i found a job a little further out in the suburbs than i probably initially wanted um but it got me here and was a pretty good good first spot in doing some digital communications for a nonprofit um in one of the suburbs but going back to your original question i realized i just you're good
0: tangents are perfect
1: circled all the way around um but yeah, so I moved here, love the public transit here. Um, I've been to now at this point uh, quite a few, maybe not quite a few, maybe like five plus um, cities in the U.S. just to kind of see how their public transit is. And I've been to a couple since living here just to compare. Um, and I think Minneapolis is very good, um, especially when you're closer in the city, mm-hmm. um, as far as you know rapid transit super easy to use it's one card for pretty much everything the bus and the train it's all the same price um and then of course when covid hit um a lot of that was shut down or was very limited Mm -hmm. and where i was um further out in the suburbs it wasn't running often enough for me to go to work and I would have the opportunity to work from home, which I was very grateful to take. Um, but even if I'd wanted to go in, I probably wouldn't have been able to, because, or would have had to severely modify my hours because of just how, um, little the transit was running. Um, it is still not back up to full capacity from what I understand. Um, but pretty close. And definitely when you are, closer into the city. And I have since gotten a new job, um, and live in the city. And it is so nice to be able to just walk out to my bus stop in front of my apartment and know a bus will come in 15 minutes or less because there in my old apartment, it would be like, okay, I have to leave right now or the next bus won't come for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it just puts you on a whole different kind of schedule when you are that tied to one bus an hour, two buses an hour. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do love it
0: though. And I mean, I was just in your neck of the woods, didn't know I was in your neck of the woods over the weekend, but mm-hmm. there is an incredible brunch place if you have not gone called Igzy.
1: I don't think I have gone. Okay,
0: if you basically cross the highway um it is just right over there it was fantastic
1: okay yeah i will have to i will have to check it out yeah Yeah. i'm still getting i've just been in my new apartment now for um just about a month actually almost exactly a month um so i've been to a couple couple restaurants um in the area so far sure yeah always thanks for recommendations
0: yeah So tell me about how you got into the climate change world and why you're so passionate about it and what you're hoping to do with that passion.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, so in college, I really, um, I mean, as I was coming out and um, learning about myself and my own identities, I was also learning so much from all of my other friends who were coming into their own identities. And I was... um, Just really getting a lot more plugged in with um, social justice and um, just, you know, fighting for a better world Mm -hmm. um, and a better place for everyone that lives in it. And um, so that I included, you know, feminism and anti racism and. Um, Of course, climate change um, as young people in 2021, I feel like climate change to me is kind of the backdrop for a lot of the social issues that we see today. And maybe it's not the root cause of all of them, but it definitely um, makes them more severe and makes the uh, climate change disproportionately impacts uh, people who are already historically marginalized. um, Mm -hmm. They're feeling the effects of climate change first. And so, um, when I was in college thinking about kind of what I, um, want to do to, you know, make the world a better place, hopefully, um, is save the world and and that is climate change. Um, and so it, it just intersected with so many of these other issues that I also care a lot about. Um, and just... Makes sense. And it, it felt like something that I can't do by myself. But if I act as a collective and get involved with other people who care about this thing, um, then maybe we can um, make some real change and have real change happen. Um, and so, of course, I, you know, make individual decisions mm-hmm. or whatever, like my not owning a car, or these other kinds of things. Um, but the world isn't designed for one person to be able to make purely good decisions for the climate, just because of the capitalist systems and the economy that we live in. Um, And so that is really where I felt like my call to action was, was to kind of um, change the systems to help, um, you know, your average everyday person be able to more easily uh, make a decision that's going to be better for the planet.
0: I love that. I mean, I'm even seeing on college campuses, the different ones I work, which ones care about recycling more than the others Mm -hmm. and make it accessible. So um i really give you a lot of credit and you wrote something um in the questionnaire i sent you where you love watching documentaries especially about animals and you don't want to think of them as a oh this used to be how it was or Mm -hmm. oh um this animal doesn't exist anymore and stuff like this is the before video and i i really resonated with that i'm like oh my god like a lot of these videos we could show to our kids and be like A tiger. Like, that was around when we were little, and now they're very few or far between.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, before I was a English kid, a writing kid, a book kid, I was a science kid, but then I had a series of bad science teachers that (laughs) kind of beat that out of me. It's always something Um, like that. And only since graduating and kind of finishing my formal education have I let myself... Uh, love science and love nature again sure um and so yeah i love watching all kinds of nature documentaries like watching planet earth and all of those things um and just binged a lot of that uh, read a lot of books science books about climate change and um different animals and those kinds of things mm-hmm. um after this kind of the summer after i graduated while i was job searching that's what i did to like escape the job search yeah um, and that only uh kind of reinforced my my passion for uh you know fighting climate change and kind of saving earth's biodiversity just because as much as I hate bugs we need them yeah Yeah. they they keep the ecosystem running so
0: (laughs) every time i see a spider i'm like my brain says to kill you but my heart says you're helping us out
1: yeah yeah we need
0: so if i can relocate them i try to relocate them out of my apartment yeah yeah for sure So, I have one final question for you, but before I get to it, I always like to just give an overview of what we've talked about. So, from coming from a very religious background, having two brothers, um, growing up really, school came naturally to you, your love of books, I mean, heck, you were dreaming of the Hunger Games, uh, lunch being the best time of school, uh, moving that huge transition from Iowa to Missouri your transitions throughout your time in college, really finding who you were, um, to now your love of climate change. When you think about your story so far and where it's going, what is the main theme you hope my listeners get out of your story?
1: Mm, That is a, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think for me, um, there have been like a lot of good times, obviously, and of course, difficult hard ones as well. But when I think back, the, the times that were really hard, um, were the times that like helped me get closer to the person that I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, and we kind of like talked even about this on the micro level at, um, when we were talking about my trip in Europe, but like the stories I tell from that are the stories when something went wrong, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's my friend falling in the canal or forgetting our keys at our Airbnb or whatever. Um, it's those are kind of the memories that stick out. And of course, now we can look back and laugh and stuff. Um, but you know, as hard as coming out was for me, um, I wouldn't obviously be the person I am today. I just moved in with my boyfriend uh, (laughs) of two and a half years. Um, and I couldn't have done that. I couldn't, um, have this joy that I get to have every single day of just like walking around and being myself and being in love and, um, those kinds of things. If I hadn't, first had these you know really really hard discussions with my family um and and so yeah I think um just for your listeners um anyone um when they're thinking about like oh I'm in a hard time right now or uh those kinds of things um at least for me and I don't want to speak to everybody's experience but at least for me those have been the times that have helped me get closer to myself sure not to say they weren't hard because i have gone to therapy <laughs> uh and i would highly recommend therapy for all of your listeners i'll say that one more time everybody go to therapy even if you don't think you need it okay that's off that soapbox um but yeah I, that that i think is kind of one of the, the themes we've touched on tonight
0: yeah well thank you so much for that and i know you and i don't talk every day or it's been a long time but I want you to know when I think about like growing up in my childhood, your name is always one of the ones that comes up to my memory. So yep. you, you yep. had a big spot in my heart and a very important part in my life during a big growth time.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that. I feel the complete same way. Yeah, I mean, I can't list a lot of the names obviously yeah. when I'm saying, oh yeah, these were the people I knew in Iowa, but um, you're always right at the top of the list. Um, <laughs> For sure, just because yeah, we we were the the two buddies for a yeah. while. I guess three buddies.
0: But yeah. yeah, it was always we. It was the three of us, and then always the fourth would somehow yeah. come into <laughs> the to the mix. Of, yeah. Yep, <laughs> <Misfits>. <laughs> but we were always the yep. main characters. Oh, well, sure. it was so great to get to talk with you. Thank you so much again for coming on and being my first guest after my little mini hiatus.
1: Yeah, happy to. Happy to break the ice again and get you back in the groove.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, Trevor, you have a wonderful rest of your night.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: And with that, that is another episode of Life Story. If you enjoyed it, please give a like and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, I'm Tyler Honig. Make it a great day.